Well, I like drinking beer and I like talking hockey when I get to do both. I feel pretty lucky. Oh, let's get hooked up. All right, it's been a long time coming, but welcome back to a new season of Let's Get Pucked Up. I am your host, Robin Coymans, and I am in Yellowknife drinking a juicy IPA from Patina Brewing Co., which I picked up in BC while I was down there in August. I am going to throw it over to my uh, co-hosts, starting with Wyatt. Wyatt, how are you doing? What are you drinking? I am doing so good. It's a celebratory event. The NHL is back on. Winnipeg signed two players that actually wanted to stay in uh, Winnipeg. So I'm celebrating double fisting for the two signings. So I got a <laughs> Saskatchewan wheat beer from Paddock uh, Wood Brewing from Saskatoon and a little bit of Devil's Elbow Hell's Italian Lager. So going to crack that one too and just drink up those, was it 7.5 million a year deals for the Jets? Woo! Nothing like double fist in at 8.50 Manitoba time on a school night. <laughs> rebuild, the rebuild is over. We're going to win the Stanley Cup this year. It's going to be amazing. Um, so I wasn't expecting that level of unbridled enthusiasm. But anyway, we're going to move it from one part of Winnipeg to another part of Winnipeg to our, our buddy <laughs> Devin Granger, who has uh, emerged from China unscathed to rejoin the podcast. So Devin, how are you doing? Um, How's how's Winnipeg for you? <laughs> Winnipeg's been good to me so far. I can't say I've converted to being a Jets fan at this point. Um, to speak for Toronto, it's awesome to see Fraser Minton uh, kind of make the team or at least potentially get nine games in. And uh, pretty happy and excited to see how Tyler Bertuzzi and Domi work out and to see a full year of Matthew Nice. Yeah, so we got some uh, some fun stuff on the docket to talk about, like our perspective teams. But of course, it being the NHL, we have to delve into uh, some of the shittier things that they always seem to like unearth. They always find a way to just make me less excited about enjoying their product year after year. And this year is no different with um, the outright banning of the use of pride tape on sticks for players. So obviously, there were the issues with. Uh, what, maybe like seven players, six or seven players sitting out the Pride Night events, uh, three teams just canceling theirs outright so they didn't have to single out some of the players from last season, uh, to which the NHL responded saying, we're just not going to have Pride jerseys during warmups for Pride Night anymore, which was already a kick, kick in the balls, kick in whatever. Uh, and then they do this as well. It just seems like one of the few things and or like places sports and or just like societal uh places that seems to be moving backwards at an alarming pace and it's really pissing me off and maybe i'll throw it to uh wyatt first for your take on this whole situation (laughs) another year another awful awful hockey take from the nhl where clearly hockey is not for everybody unless you are like a cis white male uh, which is great. So again, I guess they if they realize how unprogressive uh, they are, they're just going to lean into it. So like it's like the opposite of like like the NBA, even like the NFL, like all it's embarrassing. And they're like not they're just don't want to be any controversy. They don't want to have that issue that they had last year 
with players sitting out and it's just like like embarrassing for the sake of everything because like what about who's that uh gay nhl player luke prukop like he was the yeah luke prokops i think was uh, his name yeah when, when uh, the, the draft the, the guy was drafted by nashville yeah when he gets called up inevitably are people just not going to be allowed to stand beside him like what like what is the like again like how isolating must that feel if you are one of those players in the nhl or, or like in the ahl realizing like this is what uh hockey has done this year and like yeah they could argue oh yeah there's no military nights there's no blah 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 any like indigenous nights again super unlike progressive and stuff like that and it's just like the worst league and like why do we even have to entertain like why do we have to give them money for this like it's so so embarrassing and again thank you i assume it's gary bettman because everything i hate in the nhl is probably gary bettman and like the owners and even like the players uh that aren't standing up for it but if one player breaks that and wears pride tape like in protest, I'm going to buy that jersey like outright. Like if a player's like, screw this, this is the dumbest rule in the world. I'm wearing it because this is what I believe. Like what a stance that would be. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. Do you think that would be like, I even wonder if, is, is, is that like a, is that sending a message or is the NHL just like, thank you, we'll take our cash from this jersey sale? Like, I don't I don't, I don't know, know. Like maybe I'm jaded by the would, the whole thing. Would they find that person? Like, would they be like, "You broke the rules. We're finding you for supporting LGBTQ plus people." Like, what? Like, it just seems that that's the worst situation to be in. And so, like, I'm I I'm sure NHL players individually can support it, but they can't do it as a team, which is just mind boggling for me. Yeah, uh, Devin, do you have any thoughts on? basically this happening maybe why it might be happening like any i don't know just any thoughts in general on the whole situation yeah well i was just going to comment on um if they wanted to have like if an individual uh stepped up and kind of wore a jersey or wore the tape like yes it uh may result in the nhl making money but that might all also be a way to facilitate change um so rather than look at it as like, you know, a money perspective, it might be what it takes, right? And I just find it kind of strange, like, does this mean that any individual can't just say, hey, I want to wear this color tape? Like, would they, are they they're just not allowed to do that? Like, even at the level of just say, allow people to make the choice for themselves, like, is that just not even on the table anymore? Seems like it. And it seems like as they be become more draconian in these types of things and just like out the uh, outright ban ba basically it feels like they're fueling a, a culture war fire to me by doing this but maybe i'm the wrong person to be maybe I'm, that's just my own biased perspective but i feel like there are now going to be people buying jerseys of whoever goes against this rule like why is saying and then there are going to be people who are buying jerseys for like the james rhymers and the stall brothers and stuff like that on the other side of it and you'll just see the NHL sit there and profit while being shitty morally. And it's just, maybe I'm just being really jaded about this whole thing, but that's how, I don't know, I'm going down like a shitty rabbit hole right now, feeling like that could be happening. Is this capitalism, Coimans? <laughs> basically what capitalism is, so. Yeah, just pit people against each other, make them feel things, 
aggressively and then they will buy things to support their feelings <laughs> and that's where we are in society which is so sad yeah and i guess we are all just we're just three guys talking about like our tribalistic ties to these teams that we have no actual personal connection to really when you think about it but whatever <laughs> I'm, anyway. I'm, interested, I'm interested to see how the teams will get or not get around it but i'm interested to see the fallout from this and like is this just gonna go away or is it gonna like uh become like more and more of like a uh rebellious attitude of like uh kind of sticking up for people's rights and stuff like that so yeah i'm interested to see where it goes i i i have an optimistic viewpoint that something will change where like a lot of players the minority will be silenced and a lot of the players will support um lgbtq people in the future which i'm hopeful for i hope so it'd be nice to see that maybe the the nhl misread their own like players and maybe they have better morals than the league itself who is just basically thinking well i wonder if this is if they did some analysis on it to see that conservative people said they were going to stop watching and stop and we're starting to like drop out and that's their base for viewership i don't know but uh wyatt you want to say something yeah uh one last thing and i think they interviewed a bunch of nhlers today about it and like uh rasmus anderson from the flames is like it was an it was an awful decision uh, who actually came out and said that, which is like a great to hear. Same with um, Zach Hyman from the Oilers. Like this isn't this is not good. It's not that's out of the players' hands. Uh, and then also uh, Connor McDavid was like, it's disappointing that this has happened. So when you have like Connor McDavid saying that, that gives me <laughs> some sort of hope for the yeah. future. Yeah, yeah, Mister Apolitical for sure. So yeah. Like interesting um and beyond that like they the nhl continues to give us reasons to be frustrated with them when you think about the fact that they're still struggling to organize a best on best tournament for like country versus country we haven't had a true one of those since the sochi olympics because the 2016 one had team north america and team europe in it um and there's still nothing set in stone on the horizon so just for like a, I was listening to a podcast recently and they're just talking about how frustrating it is that a generation of fans hasn't seen best on best hockey and players like Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews and never had the chance to compete against one another and in like for their country. So that's just another thing that's nothing, not connected at all to what we were just talking about, but just another reason that I hate Gary Bettman in the NHL right now. <laughs> um, yeah, do you guys have any other uh, slander you want to level against Gary Bettman in the NHL while we're on the topic? <laughs> or are we uh, feeling like we can move on to talking about hockey a bit more now? Yeah, like, I don't know. It's never never a dull moment in the NHL culture war, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For sure. And I, went, I was stupid enough to look in the comments section on a CBC article about the banning of Pride Tape. Let me just say... The culture wars <laughs> seems to be alive and well. Uh, um, yeah, so uh, maybe we can talk about um, the thing that was bringing you joy before I brought up this unfortunate conversation, Wyatt. The signing of the two marquee players on your Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Mark Scheifele and Connor Hellebuck signing matching seven-year, what is it, like $59.5 million contracts? Who cares? Uh, yeah, <laughs> what, what's the AAV on that then? Like 8.5 million? Yeah. Yeah. So like, it could be 15 and a half. Who cares? Like you had, 
you have two players that want to stay in Winnipeg that actually want to be here and not having and having them sign together, sit together at a press conference, be like, this is a good place to be is phenomenal comparatively to last year. And even this year with like the rumors that both of them are unhappy and they don't want to be here anymore and they're not trying and it was going to be, I don't like, was Winnipeg going to be able to do a rebuild? Obviously not. So you need to have like those play, those people in the building to bring in fans. And that's a huge, huge win. And Chevy out of nowhere, because he's so good at keeping everything secret was, I guess, like negotiating this, like throughout the summer. And then finally on like Thanksgiving Monday drops that bomb uh, of like, Oh yeah, I just signed both these players to like team friendly deals. Like in the, in the short term, like short, long term, like it's that, like it's going to be bad in like four years from now, but that window for the, for winning is going to be closed anyways. So like, it's a, it's an exciting time where like people it's every, every uh, headline that we see of like Pierre-Luc Dubois coming here, line a coming here being like, I don't want to be here. I want to leave. And now it's finally reversed. So like, yeah, let's like, as much as I don't like Shifley and his like, back checking ability and defensive ability like he actually wants to be here and he's not the captain which is also crazy and actually wanting to stay stick around is huge and same with hellebuck who's that's like going to be a good contract coming going forward as well so yeah let's party on and win the stanley cup this year it's going to be unbelievable i i don't know how much of that to take at face value i i'm so <laughs> confused right now um Wyatt likes the signings so Granger what are your thoughts on these signings <laughs> I think it's okay um I I actually think like the Mark Shifley contract will be probably fine throughout the duration of it because the salary cap isn't going to go up and I think skating is not something he struggles in so I think he'll be okay in that regard uh Halibut's 30 so you know I don't know at what point you know goalies are a bit of an enigma at times like maybe he's great at age 36 as well but yeah it is definitely going to be fine over the next few years and if they feel like they can you know make a push for it then i'm here for it how a great goalie mark shifley is a great goal scorer if he can play a bit more defense and i mean at this point it's kind of exciting for jets fans because it is the green light to go for it now the question is what's next like what are they going to do about their 2C? Do they trust Cole Porfetti to be the person to, you know, be the 2C if they want to make a push for the playoffs or be in the playoffs? Um, they have more depth now. Maybe you could look at the trade as a win with PLD to uh, bring in Alex Alifalo, who's going to play on the third line, and then Gabriel uh, Velarde, who's going to, right now, he's slotted in the top right wing spot. I really like his game as well. Um, so, is are these you know depth pieces gonna allow them to have more scoring throughout their lines and allow them to make a push i think it's pretty exciting and if i was a jets fan um i would just be like okay what's next then we've signed these people clearly we're going for it uh the loss of is it uh henola is that how you pronounce his name yeah yeah that really sucks because he's like a puck moving defenseman but um yeah, I mean, I guess Logan Stanley's back for, you know, uh, in the fold. I, hopefully they can make it work. I'd like to see I'd like to see the Jets make a push. You know, they've always been close. 
Yeah. And you guys are talking a bit about alluding to the fact that these contracts, although like it seems bad to sign guys who are like, are they both 30 years old for, uh, for seven years or they're close to it? If not, um, who cares? I think, I think it was alluded <laughs> to as well that Mark Shifley doesn't play much defense and defense is notoriously harder on your body than offense, I would say. So maybe the contract will age well if, <laughs> if you look at it that way. That's a, that was his plan the whole time. Yeah. He's playing 3D chess right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like uh, Devin said, like goaltending, who knows what the sweet spot is for goaltending. You see like Tim Thomas turn back the clock at like age 34 coming out of nowhere. So um, that being said, Hellebuck has some of the most miles on him of like any goalie in the NHL. But they're, they've got well, who Laurent Brassois is their backup. They're, they'll be fine, right? Like Brassois, and, and I actually don't mean that super sarcastically because Brassois <laughs> was pretty solid last year, um, and was the starting goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights at the beginning of the playoffs until he got injured. So, yeah, uh, I if he's healthy, he's a capable backup. Um, it would be nice if they had a one B. But when you have Connor Hellebuck, you probably aren't going to get a 1B because that probably makes Connor Hellebuck pissed off that you're saying you're not going to play him for 60 games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so honestly, when you think of the going rate for goalies at that level, um, you got the same AAV as Elias Sorokin. He's obviously older than Elias Sorokin, so I like the Sorokin contract better, but you could easily compare it to like the Carey Price or the Sergei Bobrovsky deals of years past, and then you feel a whole lot better. Um, yeah, so it probably lands... Somewhere in the middle, it's. I think it's fair for both sides. And what's Vassy's uh, contract? He's nine point five mil okay. AAV. Uh, I think it was like an eight year deal as well, but he signed it when he was like twenty six or something like that. So uh, a bit younger for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's fair market value. I just question whether or not the Jets have enough to be anything more than mediocre. So I. I like I get it. I get trying to keep the guys around who want to be there, especially when they're talented players. I just I don't know if they can fill out the roster to the point where they're actually like where they can talk themselves into the the possibility of winning a round or winning two rounds or doing what you need the, to do. The LA Kings are mediocre, Quimans. Look what happened to them. The St. Louis Blues are mediocre. Look what happened to them. Boom. Look I, out. I Heartily disagree that the LA Kings are mediocre. Um, (laughs) With Brent Sutter or whatever, Daryl Sutter? (laughs) Come on. Yeah, they're absolute possession beasts. And um, they had also, like, if you you look at the personnel on the team, it's pretty, they they had a pretty deep stacked team. Yeah. that's it's fine. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't. And and I'm sorry. Like I don't think Daryl Sutter's a, the greatest coach at this point. But back then, when people didn't question coaches at all, it seems uh, he did well. And um, Rick Bonus is no Daryl Sutter. Yeah, he's a better Daryl Sutter. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. So speaking of a better Daryl Sutter, we've been lucky enough to get Mike Babcock to come on to the podcast. <laughs> <once again. laughs> Oh my god! And when I say lucky enough, I mean like you got him on a phone call. Pretty desperate to, to get somewhere to talk, and um, <laughs> we're we're like a like Z tier podcast. We get maybe like twelve listens per episode, if if yes. that. So I think this is where he's at at this point. But uh, who am I to 
to, to kick a guy while he's down. <laughs> so uh, he's got some interesting news for us too. As we all know, he's basically out of hockey at this point, or at least out of coaching. So uh, I guess without further ado, here comes Mike Babcock. <laughs> oh, How's it going, guys? Uh, it's me, uh, Mike Babcock. I uh, just wanted to say that uh, I'm, I'm trying out something new there. I know, and, and Wyatt, good to see you. It's been a while. Um, hey, Babs. I'm going to be uh, here's I'm my phone. Be hitting... <laughs> Initially, I, uh, ha, 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 ha. I I have a sense of humor now, Wyatt. So I, I get that you're trying to tell a joke there, and uh, <laughs> and that actually leads me to talking about what I want to talk about, which is my new uh, attempt to uh, hit the stand-up comedy circuit. <laughs> and uh, I think that my my sensibilities will work pretty well there. So uh, do you guys want to want to hear a joke? If I say no, will it matter? So uh, this priest <laughs> walks into a bar with uh, so a priest, a Dago fisherman, and a Roman Polak. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, so, uh, <laughs> all right, okay. So the priest he uh, he says, "Can I get something to drink?" And oh, I should mention there's a bartender there. I guess I didn't change the picture very well. You know what? Just, just give me your phones, guys. Just give me your phones. <laughs> let's swipe through your photos right now. <laughs> yeah, let's let's see what you got on there. I know you've been doing some nefarious shit, guys. Let me let me take a look. I'm not leaving this call until you give me your phone. <laughs> Why you got some nice pictures there of uh I gotta say. Looks like you without a shirt on. A little yeah. inappropriate, if you ask me. But uh, you're a young buck. Who am I to say what you can do and can't do? Um, do you mind if I go a little deeper in there, get into the nooks and crannies of that phone? Ah, oh, well, if I say no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever said no to Mike Babcock. So, uh, except except for the people who just fired me. But uh, <laughs> oh, boy. speaking of saying no to Mike Babcock, I think I'm just going to kick Mike Babcock out of the podcast right now. Hey. Okay. Yeah. That's, All right. So we just had a long vaudevillian cane escort pull Mike Babcock off the stage there, and he's gone. So, uh, guys, I'm I'm sorry. I don't know what I was thinking bringing him on. That was a that was a, an unfortunate event. But uh, maybe what we can do is move on to something a little more fun, which would be taking a look at the Vegas points, odds, totals, whatever you, however it's organized syntactically uh, for each team this year, and saying just like our gut decision, whether we would go over or whether we would go under for those point totals. So I'm going to start, let's see, at the very top with, and these are the fan duel odds, I think. We've got the Carolina Hurricanes at, actually, you know what? I think it's more fun to go from the bottom. So let's start with the San Jose Sharks sitting at 65.5 points for the regular season. Um I don't know. Ooh. I'm going to toss it to Granger first. What do you think? Over or under? Uh, I'm going to say under 65. Wow. Yeah. I I know, but I mean they even though they played no defense last year, Carlson was putting up a lot of points um and they don't have Carlson anymore. So, I think they're bottom of the barrel team and last year they were 29th and had 60 points. So, do we expect them to be over 65? I don't I don't think so. Yeah, I think that a lot of people forget how inept this team was with Eric Carlson having a historic season. So I think that's pretty fair. Um, 
I'm going to agree with you. I'd smash that under. And uh, I think because of just you look at the, the defense on this team and it is pretty brutal. Like, I, I think I looked on Daily Faceoff earlier today to try and figure out who their power play quarterback was going to be. And they're the only team in the NHL that doesn't have a defenseman on the first power play right now. <laughs> so that tells you about the state of the defense. Um, they're not going to have Timo Meyer for like 55 games or whatever this year either. Uh, Logan Couture starting the year on IR. Um, you have Mikhail Granlund, who the Pens couldn't like wait to get rid of, who's on the first power play. So I think that's telling you a lot. Uh, Mike Hoffman is going to be a, a heavily featured forward on this team. Um, yeah, definitely under for me. Wyatt, what do you think? What's What was the record for like the the lowest point totals for a team? In the, is that Was that the Blackhawks? Like the in the post lockout era, do you mean like yeah, like okay. post lockout era? Like, what's the what was the lowest? Like, what was the worst team? Was that uh, like, didn't Detroit or get like forty eight points or something like? Or was maybe that, that was, or was that the shortened year? Was they have forty eight? That make that makes sense. Like sub fifty, that's crazy, isn't it? And there was the there was the Colorado Avalanche team that one year that was really really bad before McKinnon. I think so, maybe, yeah. Or no, it might have been after him, but it was just before they like started figuring stuff out as a team. Oh, I think it was like Jared, Jared Bednar's first year. I'm gonna smash that over so much because, <laughs> like, just look at this first line: Mike Michael Hoffman, Ottawa Senators legend, Tomash Hurdle, he's pretty good, and Philip Zadina. I don't know where he came from, but he seems like a pretty cool guy. Uh, Luke Coonan is on the second line. Unbelievable. Uh, William Eklund, whoever that is, and Alexander Barbanov, Thomas Bordalo, Anthony Duclair. <laughs> Granger you know, just walked away. Giovanni <laughs> Smith, Nico Sturm, don't call me Mark Sturm, and Kevin LeBanc is on the fourth line. What is going on? Insane. Yeah, that actually is confusing that Kevin LeBanc is on the fourth line when you look yeah, at his like, thumbs in front of him. Goals one time, like, I don't, like wasn't he good at some point? So, he had like 60 points one year, I think, something like any that. Any team that has Giovanni Smith on it is a winner for me. <laughs> so smash that over. It's They're going to finish at 66 points. It's going to be great. All right. We're going to move on to the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> they are at 68.5 points. Uh, Granger... I'll let you lead off on that one again. So 68.5 for Anaheim. Mm, that's an interesting one. Um, oh, man, that's... So for reference, they had 58 yeah, no. last year. Really? I'm going to say I'm gonna say no. I'm going to say they're going to be just like it, it, right on 68. Uh, reasoning for that... Um, I don't think they've made enough improvements and I, I'm a little bit concerned about Alex Kaloran having, you know, a uh, start like he is. It's just a, like what, a broken finger or something, but I don't know. I don't think that's just a good way to start off the season. And I think he would be an important part to help to bring this team over the hump. And so I think they're probably still going to struggle a little bit. That being said, uh, this is a tough one. I think they'll be flirting with 68 points. No problem. I do uh, like Mason McTavish, and I think uh, he's gonna like much of the young people on the team make uh, pretty good strides. 
Sweet. Um, Wyatt, what are you thinking with that 68.5? Hammer that over so much because of Benoit Olivier Grulch going to be an all-star third-line center. I feel Uh, like you shouldn't be allowed to have access to daily (laughs) face-off. And they just picked up Ross Johnson, yes, like today. Like, that's a pretty big steal from the Islanders. Like, you know, you don't get a lot of fourth-line centers for free. So again, um, it's I think it's a deep team that'll go really really far uh, down the ice. In a flying, you're gonna break team. statistics. Every <laughs> team's gonna be over. They have they have Radko Gudis. Come on, like he was he screamed in front of Ilya Samsonov's face. Come on, how do you not bring that intensity to the team? Yeah, he's a team player. He does what it takes to win every time. Exactly. Um, I, I am gonna I'm gonna hit the over. I'm gonna spot them a nice 69 points and oh, nice. uh, say that <laughs> the Anaheim Ducks are gonna hit that easily because they have a new coach in Greg Cronin, who I don't know if he's actually any good, but he can't be any worse than Dallas Aikens was. Dallas Aikens had absolutely no plan or like any form of defense happening whatsoever on that team. I think Greg Cronin will get them playing some defense. I think he has to. And I think that they have young players that are going to improve internally. I think Trevor Zegers with some accountability will maybe be a bit better than he was last year. Um, I think Mason McTavish is going to take a step. I think that maybe Jamie Drysdale will improve upon the eight games that he played last year. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I don't like the start for this four-year 6.25 6.25 million AAV contract for 34-year-old Alex Kalorn with him being already on the IR. But um, I still think that they can clear 68.5. They also um, have John Gibson, who still plays on the John team. Gibson, he's due for something where he gets over 900 save percentage. Yeah, I think he has to. Yeah. Um, that's my hope, at least, because I picked him in our hockey pool. But... Uh, <laughs> Then up next, we have the Chicago Blackhawks at 71.5. So I'm going to switch the order up. Wyatt, you can start off this one. Two words. Ready? Jason Dickinson. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Nuts legend. Dallas Stars legend. Granger's favorite team. So, again, you have you have uh, him anchoring that fourth line with Nick Foligno and Corey Perry. It's going to be a great, like, there's no other name on that roster that really screams anything that really is like you get excited about besides those three players. <laughs> you got to smash that over on that one, too. Okay. I'm glad you're taking this seriously, Wyatt. Uh, Granger, <laughs> how, are, how are you feeling on the 71.5? No, it's just not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> um, like, you know, two words, Jason Dickinson. How about Peter Mrazek? How's that sound? <laughs> Like, That's a pretty, pretty, pretty good goalie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's I like uh, you know Connor Bedard, uh, obviously, and I like uh, Lucas Reichel, but they just don't have the experience and the depth uh, and the goaltending to actually, you know, uh, to get up to seventy-one points. Uh, and uh, Corey Perry, Jason Dickinson, and Nick Foligno, 
they were probably over the moon when they got offered that kind of money to come play <laughs> on that team. They, they were like, sweet, like a year where there's no pressure and we'll just get paid to go, you know, stand up for Connor Bedard once in a while. So I don't see them, you know, that are going to put them over the top in any way to get 71 points. So, Yeah. I, uh, I'd have to agree with you there, Granger. I look at their top line. They got Ryan Donato on it right now. That just doesn't seem right. And they've got Corey <laughs> Perry on the top power play as well. Um, this is a team that is just like piecemealed together with guys who are old and guys who are young, but not enough, not enough talent. And uh, I just don't think that they have filled out the roster well enough to, to clear 71.5. Yeah, Wyatt? We're missing the X factor guys. Wyatt Kaiser. Wyatt Kaiser, yeah. Back end, like unbelievably talented name for that defenseman. So again, can't can't underestimate that. He's no Wyatt New Power, but he's pretty solid. He's not even is he on the Detroit Red Wings team right now or no? Did he make oh, no, it? No. <laughs> yeah, he's garbage. Yeah, because he's no Wyatt Kaiser. He's a poor man's Wyatt Kaiser. <laughs> On the, in terms of Wyatt's in the NHL, I feel like Wyatt Kaiser yeah. ranked at least seventh. Yes. <laughs> There's a few of them now. Yeah. Look out. Um, then we're going to move to a team that unfortunately I don't think has any Wyatt's, but the Montreal Canadiens at <laughs> 72.5. Um, so, Wyatt, what do you think? Smash the over, obviously. Smash the under, actually. What? They are going to be garbage this year. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be so bad because they're going to rely on Tanner Pearson to score secondary goals. Can't Nux legend Tanner Pearson. Are you serious? That's never going to work. And you have Jake Evans, Yessi Yolonen, whoever that is. Uh, and again, you have former Moose defenseman, Jonathan Kovacevic on the top four of that team. That doesn't spell, spell anything for success. So again, no carry price. Jake Allen's going to be not very good again this year. Uh, they're going to get a bunch of injuries again. It's not going to be good for Montreal. Um, I, uh, are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, this will be my first over uh, pick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like Martin St. Louis, I think he's got a good thing going there. And, you know, Nick Suzuki's been showing – uh, improvement each year. I think Kirby Doc's finding his place. Bringing in Alex Newhook is something that I think is an underrated move. I think given the minutes and playing with you know a younger core that could really help him. I think if Cole Caulfield stays healthy in a full season, him he's going to put the puck in the net. Uh, I do like the Sean Monahan move, and I think uh, he's not expected to. He's not you know living out that kind of contract the way that he was in Calgary. I think here, if he's healthy, he's going to contribute. And uh, I like Caden Gooley. I like Michael Matheson. I like Martin St. Louis. I mean, I just feel like they're going to continue to progress. And it's not like they need to progress that much to get over because they had 68 points last year. So I think they can do it. Yeah, this is a tough one for me because I like them better than a 72.5 point team but the east is just so much more stacked than the west that it's it's hard it's hard to because you have to pick teams to lose some of those games and to finish at the bottom of those standings so i think i'm going to take the slight under 
with Montreal, Woo! even though I believe that the guys on the team are like, if they were in the Western conference, this is probably like 75 to 80 point team easily. Um, but just because they're in the East, I have to take that. And I think that you, you made some good arguments with their forward depth, especially Granger. Um, I think it's sneakily not that bad. I think it's decent. And Martin St. Louis, I think, is a good motivator and a good coach, but their defense is not good. And their goaltending is not good either. I mean, Montembeau played better than anyone could have expected reasonably last year. I don't expect him to be that good this year. Um, Jake Allen, I have no idea what to expect, but I think he's probably not going to be great. And uh, Matheson is, is decent, but he also gets injured a lot. And they really don't have anyone behind him. Like Arbor Jacki is their second power play quarterback. And I mean, don't get me wrong. The guy can rifle a shot. He's been apparently ripping through the nets with the puck, but um, he probably shouldn't be your second power play quarterback. So yeah, I'll take the under. Um, We'll move on to the Philadelphia Flyers at 73.5. So uh, Devin, I'll let you lead off on this one. I think uh, they can do that. Um, I think they're getting – Sean Couturier is going to be back. Travis Konechny is probably healthy. Cam Atkinson will be playing. Uh, I think some of the changes that they made, even though they got rid of, like, Provorov, I think, like, maybe there will be some cultural changes that will maybe inspire some people. Uh, and I like Owen Tippett a lot. Um, I drafted him, of course, with bias. But <laughs> they they hit that number – you know, last year, and I don't see why they can't at least um, do that again. They're not going to be world beaters, but I think they can get there. Yeah, Wyatt, what do you think? Hammer that over, of course. You have to, you have to agree with Granger on this one, like because of Bobby Brink, best name in hockey. And where did he come from? I don't know. Do I care? Of course not. So again. Bobby Brink, unbelievable. Noah Cates, unbelievable third-line center. will probably get moved up to the first line and probably center their power play again like they did, like he did last year. Uh, another really good player, obviously, is Cam York. Uh, Going to definitely fire the puck on the first power play unit as well. Very well. Probably into the net a bunch of times. Uh, and you can't really go wrong with any of those play. Oh, and I even forgot... Uh, the best player on that team, which is what's his face? Uh, what's his face? Who's the guy? Konechny. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's how good he is. I almost forgot who he was. So again, the actual best player on the team. I thought you. I, I didn't. I didn't expect that. Um, there we yeah, go. So, so. <laughs> that over. They're going to compete for a playoff spot. It's going to be unreal. All right. So again. I feel like I'm going to have the same argument pretty much copy and pasted for the Montreal Canadiens to the Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers, where I've got a team that should be able to get more points than they will. But because the East is more stacked and deeper this year, I feel like someone's got to be a bit lower. I think they're really close to that line, but I would say they're like a 71, 72 point team. And I think a lot of it, again, has to do with a lack of defensive depth. I do think that they will potentially add from subtracting Provorov. But you can't also discount the fact that this is a John Tortorella coach team. So if a guy like Provorov is going to take away some of that like shitty conservatism, Tortorella will just pile it right back in. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've also got the fact that behind 
Cam York, who on any other team really, maybe minus San Jose, would not even be on. He would. He definitely wouldn't be their power play quarterback. Um, <laughs> he put up what like 14 points last year or something like that. Um, he's going to be a good defenseman eventually, but I think this is too much too soon for him. And I feel like this could be a really, really bad power play. I also worry for how much Sean Couturier actually has uh, after missing the better part of two years. Um, same with Cam Atkinson. I don't know what he's got left in the tank. He's sneakily old. He's like 34, 35 or something like that. Um, I mean, you have to say they have better depth than they did last year by adding those guys, but I just don't know what they have left. And... Yeah, it's close. I do like I want to give him the over, but I'm giving him the slight under. Um, yeah, so we'll go to the Columbus Blue Jackets next. The former uh, Babcockian Blue Jackets. So, <laughs> Wyatt, who? Uh, what do What do you think with a line of seventy four point five for Columbus? Oh, uh, I they're going to be bad this year. I think they're going to be worse than than um, than normal. So I think I'm going to go under on this one. Um, I heard what I heard the feedback. You think I'm not taking it seriously. I clearly am because any team that's leading with Patrick Line is not going to do well because they're just not, he's just not a very good Augie player and he doesn't really try that much. Uh, Johnny Goudreau wanted to win. It's not, I don't know why he signed here, but it, they're not going to win this year. It's going to be brutal. Rowenski's older. I don't know how good he's going to be. Uh, Severson doesn't play defense, but he scores a bunch, which is good. They have good Branson on the defensive end, which is never a good sign, even though he actually played pretty well last year. And, you know, they have Spencer Martin and Elvis Merzliklins. Like, they're not going to – that's not a winning goalie tandem. So, I think they're going to do way way worse. I think they're going to compete for, like, one of the worst um, teams in the NHL. Fair. Uh, why? Why? There's some, like, actually sage words there for the most part. Uh, yes. Devin, what do you think about Columbus? Uh, I'm gonna say they're do- gonna do it. Um, I'll go <laughs> over. Uh, not by much though. It'll be like right on that line. That's a really like high point increase that they have them for. But if Warinsky can stay healthy. Um, I think that's really going to go a long way with it. Um, and I think that now they've got their coaching situation, you know, sorted out. Um, I think, you know, Goudreau being able to play with line a, uh, will be really useful and bringing in Adam Fantilli. I don't expect him to like change the whole organization, but I think that'll be a nice injection of someone who can play center. They didn't really have a lot of depth at center, Again, I don't expect him to play first line center, but just to have that depth will be really, really nice. Um, so I'm, you know, hoping for the best with that. So Marinsky healthy, a few other people healthy. I think they can sort sort it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is an unequivocally deeper team, I would say, looking at their depth chart than Philly or Montreal. Um, but in, in, especially just when you look at the defense, but what confuses me looking at daily face off is that they have Cole Sillinger first line left wing right now, which makes no sense. He was atrocious last year. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens, but they've got still decent depth. Um, Merz Lickens can't be as bad as he was last year, but the question is, can they jump 
what, like 16, 17 points in the standings, something like that. I guess, yeah, 16 points to clear this over. Um, it's a tough call. I I think I got to take the the under on this, a very slight under. Yeah. They're, they're also shopping a defenseman because of their how good their defense is. They're shopping either Peak, Bean, or um, somebody. I think Sarah Valley was talking about it. Or, yeah, one of those. Yeah, let's one let's of not those. underestimate how little time Pascal Vincent has had as the head coach to, like, get things going here. So I feel like that could factor into things. Just the vibes overall. The team feel not great right now. There's, like, a bit of a divided room, I would assume, based on how people reacted to the Babcock situation. So, yeah. Yeah. There's no Babcock. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This next one, I have some spicy takes on, but Arizona, 76.5. Devin, you want to lead us off on this one? Uh, Over. Absolutely. I'm pretty high on Arizona. I I like uh, their goaltending. I love their forward group. I think Barrett Hayden... Uh, and Logan Cooley are the real deal. And I only expect Barry Hayden to take, you know, a step forward, not like a big step, but a step nonetheless. And having Logan Cooley there to bring in some of the creativity that he has, I think is going to be really, really good already on a team that has a lot of creativity, in my opinion. Clayton Keller is the real deal. Um, I like um, the addition of Sean Dersey. Um, I think with the increased ice time that he's going to get, he can be no problem at first power play quarterback. And I just think overall, uh, bringing in Zucker too, just having some depth and a bit of grit, a uh, guy who can shoot and score just overall, I'm really high on the team. So I'm going to say over. Nice. Wyatt, what do you think? Hammer that over. They are not going to be bad anymore because they uh, didn't Cooley didn't want to play on the team because they're going to be so bad. And then they're like, Oh my goodness, Logan Cooley, please play on our team. We'll be good this year. So I think they're actually trying to be good. And you know, you have Leafs legend, Alex Kerfoot on the second line, uh, which is just like, that's a win defensively and offensively on both ends of that. Uh, Lawson Kraus is a great player as well. Matthias Michelli, great player as well, super Italian. Uh, Matthew Dumba. I think he's actually finished, but. <laughs> okay. Matthew Dumba, <laughs> unbelievable defenseman. Granger's talking about first power play for Sean Dersey, first power play for Matthew Dumba. Thank you very much. And... Excuse me? <laughs> like, there's not... three other people that'll be before Matt Dumba. Thank you very much. <laughs> if, not, if not Matt Dumba, it will be Valamaki, who's also a solid, solid defenseman, who actually took over that power play last year and did very well uh, when they traded Chikrin as well. So, again, um, you can't really dispute the milkman. The milkman is going to bring all the boys to the yard with his milkshakes. So again, look out for Melky. Yeah. So I'm going to crush the over two based on everything you guys said, especially with JJ Moser running the first, uh, <laughs> <power play. laughs> how, how many people have a wealth of options guys? <laughs> yes, um, for sure. Moser's up there, but he's not running the first power play. <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, the milkman, he only put up like an 899 save percentage last year, but he saved like 20 goals above expected or something, which just tells you that he's good, but also how brutal the defense was. <laughs> um, but their defense is much improved this year, I think. They really filled it out. So I think you could actually see Vimelka get league average or higher save percentage this year. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and yeah, they filled out their forward depth. They filled out their for- forward depth as well. So I'm overall pretty high on these guys. I think I told Wyatt when he was visiting Yellowknife in August. This is like pretty much right after Logan Cooley signed. Like, don't be surprised if these guys are like, I think I said 82 points was my prediction for the regular season. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe we're all too high on them, but I just look at that depth chart and I'm su- surprised by how decent it looks. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll move on to the Washington Capitals are actually next on this list. Who's their so coach? Watch, big jump from Arizona to Washington. They're now at 85.5. So uh, why you want to lead us off with Washington at 85.5? Who? Washington? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Those two beers, I, was, uh, I was actually asking a question. I was saying, who's the Arizona coach? But that's that's Tourigny, oh, right? Tourigny, yeah, yeah. He's pretty good. He's bald, so that's yeah. Nice. He's um, dark, dark horse, uh, Jack Adams. Yeah. Guy, um, Washington hammer that over because Ovechkin is just going to try to break that record. I think that's the goal of this year. Is for actually because of that hammer the under. I switched my. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Switch. They're just going to feed him. They're going to have Backstrom and Oshie. To, like, the goal is to for him to score goals. It's not really to win any games. And he's, like, what, 72 goals behind Gretzky? Um, so he's going to try to go for 50 this year. So might as well just, like, just get him players and just have him stand on the on the edge of the face-off circle and just fire bombs into the net. Yeah. One of my favorite things without fail is seeing Alex Ovechkin on PP1 and PP2. For yeah. Washington on their yeah. death chart every year. Thing. I'm <laughs> not taking off. standing here. Yeah. So uh, again, just just get him get him on the ice. That's really the the key. Yeah, Devin, what do you think? Yeah, I'm gonna say under uh, for similar reasons to what Wyatt said, and I just don't think they have the depth that they used to have. I don't think their defense is as good as it used to be. Uh, like Martin Faraby, Trevor Rims, James Dyke, Nick Jensen. Lucas Johansson and even Rasmus Sandin to a degree. Like none of these people scream like, you know, a winning defensive core. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think there's just a lot more competition in their division as well and in the East in general. And it's gonna be a struggle for them to get enough wins. So I'm gonna be a contrarian and take the over here. And everything that you guys have said makes a lot of sense. I'm really just going off of vibes. <laughs> so based on um, everyone loving Spencer Carberry and hating uh, La Violette, basically, is what it sounds like, I am going to take the over and think that they play more or play better for Carberry. So that's my only reason. Um, next one, we have the Detroit Red Wings at 86.5. So, um, Wyatt, what do you think about Detroit at 86.5? Oh, you got to hammer that over, man. I think I think they're going to be better. And I... I'm kind of like rooting for them because I believe in the Iser plan uh, and all that stuff. And like they got Leafs legend uh, who's, well, wait, they don't have a Leafs legend on here. So I don't know why I'm hammering this over. But uh, again, like 
They have Gosses, Bear, Petrie, Sherratt, Wallman, Sider. That's a pretty solid defensive core. They got Debrinkit, which is uh, I think that's that's his home state. I think, and so I think he actually wants to play there, and he's going to be really good. Dylan Larkin, David Perron just never ages. I feel like he just gets better every year that he plays, which is annoying. Um, and having that top six of like Comfort, Raymond, Fabry, that's a pretty solid uh, top six. And then you got Jets legend Andrew Kopp centering that third line. So, yeah, I think the I think the Wings will will surprise a lot of people this year. All right, Devin. I think they do it, and I think the reason is is because Boston has to regress a little bit. I think Tampa is going to regress a little bit, um, just simply because of the Vasilevsky thing. Mind you, they are going to be well-rested, so I don't know. But uh, I think there's room for points to be taken from Boston, and I think it's going to be such a fun year to watch the East duke it out when you have, like, Buffalo, Ottawa, and Detroit all, like – really good teams on the cusp trying to make that push. And I could see them all kind of flirting around that number. You know, obviously one team's going to outduel them all, but I'll give Detroit the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be, you know, grinding it out right to the end. Yeah. I, I I'm going to agree with both of you guys. And I'm going to take the over on this one for Detroit. Cause I think they like, why are you going through their depth chart? They sound like they've got decent depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I actually have them seventh in the Atlantic too, but I still think that they'll clear 86.5 points. Mm-hmm. I just think it's going to be that tight in the Atlantic. I think that team seven to two probably could be anywhere between like 87 and 97 points. There's just mm-hmm. so much parity there and it's just hard to pick, but I think that Detroit is going to be over 86.5. Um, even though I don't feel great about their goaltending, but um yeah, I think there's enough there. So uh, up next, we've got the St. Louis Blues at also 86.5. So, Devin, maybe I'll toss it to you first for St. Louis. Oof. Um, I guess I will say they're not going to be able to do that. Uh, I just think there's got to be some teams that are going to be progressing and some that aren't. And I think St. Louis isn't necessarily on that upswing. They still have really good players like Jordan Cairo, uh, awesome. But I just don't think they are going to have the depth and I don't think they're going to have the depth on D or the steady goaltending. Mind you, though, I think there is a goaltender in the St. Louis system that has a chance to challenge for the number one spot this year. I just don't know the name of it. I've just kind of heard... Joel Hooper? Hooper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... You never know, but I just can't see that all kind of coming together for them when there's so many other teams out there that are going to be making significant improvements and are on the upswing. Yeah, Wyatt, what do you think? Oh, yeah, you got to hammer that under. Like, it's not – it's an old team, I think, as well, where, like, I don't know, they're grasping at, like, veterans to be like, please take us to the promised land, and that's never going to work. Like, Kevin Hayes washed, Barana washed, sad – washed Braden Shen washed do you say sorry when you said sad were you saying it was sad that he was washed or you're talking about Brandon sod both (laughs) (laughs) Kapanen washed you know Jake neighbors washed so again you have all (laughs) all of these older veteran guys who like don't really know like 
it's not good. When Nick Letty is your number one defenseman, that's never a good sign for it. It's good for Nick Letty, but it's bad for the St. Louis Blues. So at the end of the day, uh, more suffering for Bennington, this makes me happier. So again, that's all I want. Yeah, I'm also hitting the under there. Um, I think that, like you guys have said, they have an old team, but not even a physical team, which is what Craig Berube probably would have preferred to have. They're like just like an old non-Craig Berube-ish team, and Craig Berube has also been there for a long time, and I feel like his message is getting stale. And like you said, Jordan Bington, not a good goalie. Uh, It just feels like there's a lot of stuff that could be going against them this year, and so I don't see them improving from last year by like six or seven points. Um, yeah, I'll hit the under on that. Um, next we have the Nashville Predators at 87.5. This is an interesting one because I think this is a team that it's so hard to tell what they are, but, uh, Devin, I'll let you lead us off. Uh, I instinctually, I'm just going to say they're not going to do maintain 87.5. So under, um, I like the fact that Philip Forsberg is healthy and back, and I think that's going to be great for them. But just looking through their lineup, there's not a lot of names that really stand off the page. That being said, I don't really know Nashville's like young players that well to give like good insight on it. But when Ryan O'Reilly is your first line center, I like Ryan O'Reilly. I just don't think he's up for being a first line center at this point. That's going to take them to where they need to go. It's fair. Uh, Wyatt, what do you think? Uh, it's it's annoying because this team's going to go as far as Juicy Saros uh, takes them. So uh, I think he's like the X factor. And if he plays well, that whole team will do well. Like, as Granger said, Leafs legend Ryan O'Reilly uh, playing on that first line is going to be good, especially when he spurned the Leafs and said, I'd rather sign somewhere else like Nashville than uh toronto so good job dubas and um having like thomas novak is an exciting young player luke evangelista is an exciting young player um you know you got a lot of uh up and coming uh players on the on the forward line i think you so parsonen is really good coming up as well so i think they're gonna be just under but not a crazy amount yeah yeah, they're a confusing team for me because I think they'll get a bump from having a new coach and Andrew Brunette who will let let the reins off a little to an extent, but then that's also going to hurt their defense probably and it's going to hurt UC Saros, who's already probably been overtaxed the last few years, just like being an absolute beast for this team for so long. But he's, yeah, he's those wheels have to fall off at some point. Roman Yossi too has played so many hard minutes for this team and he's pretty old. So he, and he, and he gets injured fairly often. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens to him, um, which would suck for me because I drafted him in one of my fantasy leagues. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's a tough call because like I said, Brunette, I feel like gives a little bit of a bump last year. They got 92 points with like an objectively worse lineup. I would say for at least the end of the season, um, and probably most of the season, if you like, um, just kind of average it out. But it feels like there's they're a rudderless team. I don't understand why they buy out Matt Duchesne just to give that money to a guy like Ryan O'Reilly or <laughs> uh, uh, some of the other signings that they made. So I think I'm going to have to hit the under on this one. Just feels right to me. Um, 
So next we have the Vancouver Canucks at 89.5. Um, Devin, I'll let you lead us off on this one. Uh, Vancouver. I have a lot of faith in Vancouver. I think 89 is, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a six point jump. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Then uh, I'll just over, I think Demko finished like when he got back from injury, he had a really, really good save percentage throughout the, the rest of the year. And I do like the fact that they added a lot more pieces on defense. So I think those two things alone are really going to help out. And sort of the cliche, you know, the young forwards up front are getting older and they're going to learn from that and continue to grow. So uh, I really see this as a pivotal year for Vancouver um, to showcase that they are the real deal and that this core and the way that it's composed right now has the ability to make the playoffs. So they better be getting at least 89 points. Uh, Wyatt, what do you think? Gotta hammer the under on this one. They are not a good team. Like Phil D. Giuseppe is on their second line. Isn't he a waiver wire claim or something like that? Like he's playing with JT Miller and Brock Besser. Connor Garland is on the first line. And that's never good. And you have and to go to permission to speak to teams about getting traded too. Yeah. Like they're they're not, they have no depth. Their D is like actively worse, I think, with Ian Cole, Tyler Myers, Susie, who's injured, I think, Juleson. Like, like again, I think Demko is going to get barraged by shots, and there's going to be like you when you only have Pedersen and Kuzmenko and Miller to be excited about. That's not a winning recipe. So they're, I think, they're going to suffer this year. So I'll disagree with the fact that their defense is worse. I say I'd say their defense is definitely better than it was last year. Um, when you think about like Jets legend Tucker Poolman boying one of those defensive uh, lines there. He didn't play last year. He was injured. <laughs> that's why. That's what. What do you mean? I, I honestly can't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but the the main thing that I want to mention is that. This was a team that had 83 points last year after it was basically their coach was hung out to dry for a good, like, what was it, like 50 games or so in the season? Like, if I don't remember exactly how long it was, but it felt like forever that Bruce Boudreaux was just like hanging there. Mm -hmm. um, and they still got over NHL 500. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I think that there might be some regression for Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko mostly Andre Kuzmenko, but then Pedersen in terms of assist numbers because of Andre Kuzmenko not shooting 27% again. Um, but I still think that this team is going to have a different uh, way of playing that they won't have to rely on that quite as much. Under Rick Tockett, they were a 100-point pace team last year, and I think that their defense is better than it was then. Um, I do see that they have Phil DiGiuseppe as their second-line left-winger currently and that Connor Garland is on their top line, but I look at their um, third line with Anthony Beauvillier, Pia Suter, Dakota Joshua. Oh, that's not that great either. Um, no. but, look at McKay will be back. It's not like he was injured. I think there was some family yeah. things going on. So he's going to be in their top six. Not that that's like, you know, a bona fide top six guy, but he definitely helps the depth on the left side. 
Yeah, and I think that Th- Thatcher Demko is going to be a lot better this year than he was last year. Like, I think we'll see more of what we saw down the stretch from him. Um, Casey DeSmith is an easy upgrade on Spencer Martin as their backup from last year slash their starter for a good short portion of last year. So I'm going to hit the over on this one. Um, all right. So the next one we have is the Seattle Kraken. This will be an interesting one at 90.5. Uh, Wyatt, I'll let you lead us off with Seattle. Uh, before I before I lead us off, I'm just going to update you guys on uh, guess who scored the game-winning goal in the Chicago and Pittsburgh game. Connor Bedard. Two words. Jason Dickinson got the oh, game-winning <laughs> goal. No big deal. Fourth line center, number one in your hearts. There we go. So as you can see, Chicago is going to go on a tear. They just beat Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh has a 48-year-old average ice uh average year old team so good for them <laughs> yeah way to go way to go carlson all right so with that uh obviously you got to smash the over on seattle they're going to be very good this year berniers you got uh the best name in hockey yanni gord playing on that team again uh jets legend brandon tanev is playing there everly's great as well and uh, hopefully Grubar <laughs> injured, and then Drieger can take over because Grubar and I don't get along that well ever. So I think, again, I think Drieger got waived, but continue. Okay, well, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think I think it's a it's a pretty stacked team. I think they have lots of depth, which I which will be key. So Jared McCann <laughs> scored like forty goals last year. Yeah, why not make it 50 this year? Why not? He's playing with <laughs> Eberly and Bernier, or like Bernier's, like, might as well. So hammer that over on Seattle. All right, Granger. I think they can, uh, they'll get over 90. Yeah, so over. Um, and I think it just, yeah, they've got four lines that they roll. I still believe that that sort of, if they play the same way, if they play the same style, and they have that same kind of mentality, of like, you know, score by committee, all of these things, then they'll have no problem doing it. And I think uh, someone like Matty Veneers is going to continue to grow and take steps. And I don't think they really lost a lot when they lost Carson Soucy. I still like their defense. So, yep, over. So I'm going to be the unpopular guy here and take the under. I just think that they had such a ridiculous PDO last year. They were shooting like 11.5% as a team full of like (laughs) second and third liners. And they lost their one guy who has the skill to do it in Daniel Sprong. So I, uh, I have to take the under here unless Philip Grubauer reverts to classic Philip Grubauer of, of old, which could happen. But I also need to remind you guys that Dave Haxtall is the coach of this team. <laughs> so I can't see this happening for a long period of time um, unless something has drastically changed. About so the, the, the goatee? Yeah. <laughs> yes, bring the goatee in. Yeah. Like g- ginger goatee. So yeah, <laughs> under for me. Um, let's go with next. We have the New York Islanders at 91.5. Um, this team is fairly boring. Maybe we should speed through this one a little. So. <laughs> Um, why? Classic what do you think? Islanders. Well, it's a classic Islanders team. Bo Horvat's old and awful, so he sucks. Uh, hammer that <laughs> under so hard. Um, yeah, the only good player on this team is like Ryan Pulak, but whatever. Uh, Sorokin will be left out to dry, but he'll he'll try his best. But this team will will not do well this year. 
All right, Granger. Over. I took offense to what? Bo Horvat being a <laughs> shitty player. I'm not even a former Canucks fan or anything like that. Um, so I think they'll be okay. Over? What's that? Yeah, I, no, I think they'll do it. No, they'll do it. But yes, there is a slight bit of spite that cannot be removed anymore. So, um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think they'll be fine. Bo Horvat, Brock Nelson, uh, Pajot, and Sezikas, that's a good center depth. Their forwards are okay. And I like Noah Dobson. Uh, I like the addition of Romanov and Pollock. I think Mayfield's good too. I like Pollock. I think their defense is exceptional. And they have Sebastian Ajo on their team. Right. Yeah, you can't underestimate so Sebastian Alonso. He, he's Sebastian. He's a great centerman. <laughs> yes. Like he's like what a, a point per game centerman. So they'll be yeah. fine. And, and, they, and he learned how to play defense over the summer. And I can only imagine it'll be one of those like Brent Burns situations with a yeah. guy playing between forward and defense. So yeah, it's yeah. a no-brainer. Norris winner Sebastian Aho. Here we go. Who? Who and, is uh, Julian... Sorokin? Anyone? Yeah. Who is Julian Gauthier? <laughs> like the former this? first round pick of the Rangers, who I think was with Carolina for a little bit, but okay, well, yeah, he's true. he's like a waiver pickup, I'm sure, or like a NHL minimum guy. Well, he's on um, their first line playing with Bo Horvat, so enjoy that, Islanders fans. Yeah, and Pierre Engvall, Leafs legend Pierre Engvall, also on his fresh seven year contract, his second line left wing. So seven year contract. <laughs> um. I'm going to hit the under, even though I hear what Granger says, I just find this team too boring. <laughs> and I, That's not a good enough reason. For no, me. I know. <laughs> but I, I think that they're just going to get passed by teams that have added more that were below them last year. And I think that that's going to result in them ending up with like 88 or 89 points. So that's. However, they do have a player called Hudson Fashing. That's a pretty cool name. It's good. Could be better though. So <laughs> I don't think Just we're going to. the tagline of this whole weapon. Islanders team. <laughs> Could be better. <laughs> All right. Um, up next, we have the Ottawa Senators at the exact same 91.5. So, uh, Wyatt, you look like you are ravenous to, to get into this one. So I'll let you go. Driving back from Thanksgiving, Granger and I talked about this Ottawa Senators team, and we are both, I'm going to speak for Granger here, hammering the over on this team. It's going to be an exciting year in Ottawa with Jimothy Stutzel leading the charge. Uh, we got Brady Kachuk, uh, you know, Matthew Joseph, Pierre Olivier's brother, but mo- known as Matthew Joseph. But the yeah. Joseph. yeah, the other Joseph, right? Like, <laughs> not related to Kurt Curtis, but close. Um, you got Shabbat, Chikrin, Sanderson, who I hear is an unbelievable defenseman. Like he could, like I'm pretty sure he could probably lead power play one if he needed to. Uh, Artem Zub as well. Like that's a solid top four. You gave up a first, you waived all your first round picks to keep Travis Hamanick. That's a good business decision. So again, keeping their uh, D, you know, tight as well, which is great. And you can't really um, bet against. Corpus Salo, one of the best goalies in um, Columbus Blue Jackets history. So, again, solid team. Hit that over hard. All right, Devin, did uh, Wyatt portray your feelings accurately? <laughs> Actually, here's my hot take. I'm going to say no. I'm going to oh, say no. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> now, like, 
Yeah, I like I like the defense that you rhymed off. I like all their players individually, but I I have a feeling I don't know. This is just uh, you know off the cuff. I think they're going to have some some identity issues this year, and I think there's just going to be some injuries that are going to pop up. And I think collectively, like they're going to have to face a level of perseverance this year against other teams that are going to be really grinding it out to make that playoff spot. And I think they're going to cave a bit. I think uh, the injury to Josh Norris that's not, you know, clearly getting better at the moment is uh, problematic. Um, We have injury history with Thomas Shabbat and Chikrin. And while Sanderson is, yes, uh, I think a great prospect and a great defenseman who just got paid like a lot of money, he alone isn't going to be able to, you know, uh, carry that that weight when these guys do inevitably get injured. And uh, so, well, I really like a lot about this team. I I could just foresee a lot of things popping up and problems occurring throughout the year, and maybe them being a little bit too high on themselves when in the face of serious perseverance to make that playoff spot. So I'm going to say no. Yeah, I. I was all ready to hit the over on this team until just like Josh Norris's situation got way worse. And that in addition to Shane Pinto still not having a contract means they're starting Ridley Grieg as their uh, second line center, which is not a position he should be in at this point. <laughs> um, yeah. I got to hit the under. I also just don't, I'm not very high on DJ Smith as a coach. I think, uh, they might get a bounce back once Pinto is signed and DJ Smith has been fired from losing so many games because of all these injuries, probably <laughs> he'll get scapegoated right out of town, but I think they will be too low to make it back up to 91.5. Tarasenko um, is the third line. That's how deep and, this team is. And he's not to bring cat. True. He but is he's the third line, but Ridley Gregg is the second line. So we can ignore that fact. You don't have to say that about. <laughs> it's either right. him or Rourke Charche. Who do you want, Coymans? You can't have Rourke. everybody. Rorschach? What did you Rourke. say? Rourke Charche is the third line center. <laughs> that's yeah, it. This, this, this is going to be a rough few weeks while we await the Shane Pinto contract and learn about Josh Norris being out for the season potentially. Yes. If Shane Pinto is listening, please sign a deal right now, please. That would be really beneficial to a lot of people. <laughs> Especially those of us who own Shane Pinto and fantasy hockey, right? Wyatt? Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Next, we have the Buffalo Sabres at 92.5. Devin, I'll let you uh, lead us off here. Yeah, let's go. I'm going to say over. Um, and I guess I've kind of settled the internal debate that I've been having with myself around Buffalo, Ottawa, and Detroit. Uh, to me, I guess Buffalo and Detroit have. Uh, a good chance here to to do well uh and i could see buffalo getting over that i think i think this year we're going to see a more structured uh and less risk-taking buffalo team i do think like the points are going to come there's no doubt about it from like tage thompson and, and skinner and cousins and darlene but i do think like structurally they're gonna have like that internal conversation about okay, what does it take for us to actually get into the playoffs this year and what do we need to do collectively? Um, so I think like we're going to see a maturity of this team and uh, that's why I'm putting my vote for over. All right, Wyatt? Hammer that over because I drafted almost the entire Buffalo Sabres roster in one of my 
into this fantasy hockey league that we're in. So <laughs> I drafted Skinner, Tuck, Cousins. I don't know. I probably should have drafted more. Uh, oh, Owen Power. It's <laughs> so again, all these players are great. I think Levi's gonna probably be uh, a, like one of the better, like probably rookie of the year. Uh, he's gonna be unbelievable this year for the Sabers. And yeah, like they're gonna be. That's a pretty good team with um, like it's a solid like top six. So again, having like Darlene and uh, Matias Samuelson lead the lead the charge. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun team to watch. So hammer that over. Yeah, I gotta agree with you guys. I gotta hammer that over. And maybe my heart is blinding me because I love this team, but they just have <laughs> wave after wave of exciting young players that they can just even call up from the AHL and throw in if they want to. Um, so much depth, so much speed. They need to get better on defense, but there's gonna be internal growth because their entire fucking team is young. <laughs> so <laughs> um I just I, I think they're too much fun. I'm just gonna take them at <clears throat> higher than 92.5. So uh, next, we have Wyatt's Winnipeg Jets at 94.5 points. So I think we need to let Wyatt lead us off here. What are we going to hammer? The over, obviously. Some models I saw, some uh, some computer geniuses were like, oh, the, the Jets are going to lead the Central Division, which I'm like, yeah, I can see that, Jay Fresh. I agree. That model is accurate. 110 points, easily. Uh, so you have... Uh, Newly signed Mark Shifley. He's now going to start to play defense. It's going to be great. Cole Perfetti is going to cement himself in the second center. You have the new captain, new vibes. The vibes are off the charts right now with Adam Lowry. People like him. He actually wants to be here as well. Kyle Connor is going to score 60 goals this year. Josh Morrissey is going to get 120 points as a defenseman. Uh, it's going to be an amazing year for the Jets. Hellebuck's going to win 45 games. Uh, be an unbelievable team. So just hammer that over, over, and watch uh, the whiteout come back to Winnipeg for foreseeable future. Devin, what do you think? What was it again? Ninety five. Ninety four point five. Yeah, I'm gonna. I don't know. This is a really tough one. I'll just say under. Um, you'll probably prove me wrong. You're banished from Winnipeg. <laughs> 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 they'll probably prove me wrong but i don't know i just feel like uh much like the argument that i made with ottawa i love gabriel velardi and what he brings but will he play a full season will ehlers play a full season will amina rider play a full season and their depth at center is just not as good as some other teams that they'll be competing against shafley perfetti lowry uh, and Kapari, not bad. It's not bad. But I, if if uh, Hanola uh, didn't get injured, I might be more inclined because I think they're going to be really, really close. But I think they can use another puck mover, and they just lost one big time. So, yeah, I uh, I'm more pessimistic than both of you guys. I'm hammering the under there. I really wish that I thought the Jets would be better than this, but there's just, I, I don't like Rick bonus as a coach, to be honest. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I just feel like this team, like it added a bunch of like middle six guys, but lost a guy in Dubois who was like 
more impactful overall. And I know that he was, he needed to be on his way out just the way he wasn't necessarily a fit in the team in the locker room. But I just don't feel like they got enough to really move the needle forward. And I think that they needed to look at themselves and decide to rebuild in this off season. And they just didn't. And I think that's going to hurt them in the long run. Maybe in the short term, they'll be better than I expect, but I'm just a little down on this team because they've not done what I wanted them to do. Um, so my heart is again, getting in the way of things, but I'm going to take the under. Um, next we have the Calgary flames at 94.5 as well. So, uh, Devin, I'll let you lead us off here. I'll say over. Um, I think the coaching change is the biggest, is the biggest impact on this team. And I think that alone, plus like a positive regression for Huberto and Lindholm, who I just traded for, um, <laughs> will result in this team being able to uh, get two more points in the standings uh, to achieve that, um, that over. So I just like, um, I like the opportunity ahead for those top players with the new coaching change. What? Under, this is not a very good team and they're not going to be very good this year. So like besides the first line, everything else is hot garbage. Igor Sharaganovic, okay. Um, Matt. Easy Cordon, done, Jerry. Like, yeah. <laughs> Mangiapani, Backlund's old and useless. Blake Coleman's old, just writing it out. <laughs> AJ Greer, they have to claim him on waivers. Like when a team's claiming, claiming someone on waivers, you know they're in a pretty bad state. Um, so again, they don't really have Hannafin wants out. He doesn't even want to be there. So again, they're going to have to trade him their best defenseman. So you can't really lean like Tanev will get injured game one, like, and he'll be injured for the rest of the year. So uh, Markstrom isn't, he's like so inconsistent that this team should be better, but they will not be. All right. I disagree. I'm taking the over. Um, I think these guys, had ridiculously unlucky results driven a lot by bad vibes from Daryl Sutter last year. Um, they lost like 31 goal games or something like that. Insane, which is just like, that can't happen again. Um, they have really good defensive depth. They have Dustin Wolf waiting in the wings. Should Markstrom falter and they can always trade Vladar to like Tampa. If Jonas Johansson sucks. So, um, and who knows what they'll get for that. Maybe they'll get a, a useful piece or something. But I think that they can clear 94.5 points. Um, I don't know if they're an elite team, but I think they can clear that bar for sure. So next we have the Lightning. Uh, speaking of Jonas Johansson, at 96.5 points. So Wyatt, what are you thinking with the Lightning this year? Oh, well, I think the – I was going to say the over because – that was, that was before Vasilevsky got injured, but like then I realized how long like like four months is going to be, or like it's like <clears> half, or like half the season, and like yeah, having the goalie depth of Johansson and Matt Tompkins uh, doesn't really spell a lot of confidence, and like I this team is good up front, but like it's going to be like. Um, no one is allowed to shoot on the goalie. That's like their, that's going to be like their goal. Like every game, like you have to have minimum amount of shots and that not every team is going to do that or they're going to allow shots in. And so I don't care how deep your team is. If your goalie can't stop 
a shot, it's not going to be good. Uh, see the dragons. So again, like having uh, <laughs> having those those like that goalie that like historically Johansson's been a very poor goalie. They can't like they need to trade or get somebody else in there. Like Martin Jones is a great thing that you could you could probably go and just claim him and pay him a hundred grand and to play for your team and he'll probably do really well. So again, I think that's a huge step that they could do. Um, Devin, your thoughts on Tampa? I'll say or, uh, and I totally understand what Wyatt is saying, and it makes a lot of sense. But I'm not going to rule out Tampa Bay and no shots on net. Fair enough. Then they won't allow shots on net. (laughs) 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 Okay, Victor Hedman. (laughs) You're going to pull a like Carolina Hurricanes with uh, David Ayers in that situation. (laughs) (laughs) They have they have the the pieces to make this all happen. I I really think one thing that we can't overlook here is that. A, it's Tampa, they're experienced. They know how to even just sneak into the playoffs if they want to, but they also got eliminated in the first round and in the first time in forever have had time to like rest a bit. So I think this is something that we can't underestimate. And then that top line, there's like very few other teams in that division that have a top line that's anything close to that. Even the teams that want to try to compete like the Buffalo and Detroit and Ottawa, like they can't beat Point, Stamkos, and Kucherov. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. Um, I think the 96.5 point uh, over-under is like spot on. Well, it's really tough, especially because we don't know what Tampa's going to do with the goaltending situation while Vasilevsky's out. If they acquire a better goalie like Dan Vladar, who we just mentioned, then I'm definitely hitting the over. Um, if they run Jonas Johansson out there for like 35 out of 40 games, dear God. Because <laughs> like, why? Do you really think they're going to do that? Yes. It's Tampa. I don't. I think that they will not because I think that they would go to Matt Tompkins and see what he has and then go to Hugo Alnefeld and see what they have in him too. <laughs> um, but, I, but I'm surprised that they didn't make a trade as soon as they put Vasilevsky on IR, to be honest. I just I think Johansson is that terrible. Um, but uh, I'm just going to trust that they'll acquire someone. So I'm going to hit the over anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's so it's a weird pick, but I'm going to tr- hit the over. Um, Minnesota Wild is next at 97.5. Uh, Wyatt, you want to lead us off? Uh, I like this team. I think they're going to be pretty good. I would hit the over. Uh, on that one, like they're like Caprizo is very good. Erickson Eck is good. Boldy's just going to get better. Uh, Rossi will get better this year as well. So I think like they have a pretty good depth on forwards and like um, their D is like, I guess, suspect. Uh, but I think they're like, they're going to be a dark horse team like they always are, I guess, in Minnesota. And Philip Gustafson will be good. And then maybe Flurry will get injured and then they'll call up Jesper Wellstead. And he'll just go on a crazy run and uh, kind of win the rookie of the year. So uh, again, I think uh, Minnesota. I think I'm going to hammer the over on that one. Yeah, Devin. Yeah, hammer the over for the same reasons that Wyatt said. Uh, I think their young pieces are continuing to get like better, and even like the players who have been there for a bit that are just kind of starting to get into their prime is great. 
Grizov's like 26. I think their defense is actually maybe a little bit underrated. Uh, and keep in mind, like Jared Spurgeon's not in that lineup right now, but when he's back, he's a solid defenseman as well. So, um, and then having two solid goalies. So yeah, I'm, I like Minnesota and I like what, the, what they've done so far. Yeah, I agree with both you guys. I'm hammering the over for sure. Um, this team has like a rising star in Etten in Philip Gustafson. It really seems that way. Um, they've got a team that put up 103 points last year with Kaprizov out for like 14 or 15 games as well. So if they have better health from him, then they should improve theoretically. Um, like you said, they actually have surprisingly good prospects and players who are young, who are just like powering up. Like Matt Boldy should take another step. Um, I do think Marco Rossi has a lot of untapped potential. So yeah, I like this team better than the the spread for sure. So definitely over. Um, and also like the like I've been saying, the West is weaker than the East. So someone's got to be good in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, so next we have Florida at ninety eight point five. So Devin, I'll let you lead off on this one. I'm going to say no uh, for the simple fact that I don't have a lot of faith in their goaltending right now. There's a lot of question marks there, even behind Bobrovsky at this point. And I need more evidence of Bobrovsky being able to hold the fort down in the middle of the season. Um, Obviously, we know there's some pretty big injuries there on the back end, which isn't going to help them early on. I don't know how well-heeled Matthew Kachuk is. I'm not saying he can't do it, but I don't think he alone is going to be able to drag them, you know, up to that point total. Like, we have to remember that this team, I think literally in the last game of the season, made the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. So that's where I stand with them. 98, probably not. Yeah, Wyatt? Yeah, I think slightly under. Um I think Evan Rodriguez is going to be a great addition, and I think he'll he'll do pretty well in the first line and the first power play uh, for this team, <laughs> which just shows you why Paul Maurice is such a good coach. So again, having Matthew Kachuk on the second line is baffling, <laughs> and having Sam Bennett on the third line baffling. Uh, well, but yeah, and it's also on IR at this point. So yeah, and it is on IR as well. So, yeah, I think – I don't know if I trust Bobrovsky for the whole year, but, like, having having injuries to Mon, – is it Montour and to um, – what's his face? Ekblad. Ekblad? Yeah, it's going to hurt. Yeah, so uh, – yeah, I think they're going to struggle, but I think it's slightly – they're still going to make the playoffs, but I think, like, they will struggle. Yeah, I'm hitting the under on this one. I don't think they're making the playoffs. I have them sixth in the Atlantic, to be honest. What the what? Um, I think that they are going to really struggle with just the wear and tear from that playoff run last year. It's still affecting them. Yeah, guys like Montour and Ekblad. Like last I saw, Oliver Ekman Larson was running the power play. That (laughs) is not good. Um, Yeah, if you have Evan Rodriguez and Oliver Ekman Larson on your top power play unit, You're not a 99-point team. <laughs> um, yeah, match. I don't trust Bobrovsky. Spencer Knight is down in the AHL. We don't know how long it's going to take for him to find his game, get back up to the level he needs to be at to overtake Bobrovsky potentially. But mm-hmm. I don't see it happening immediately anyway. Um, there's still some good forwards there for sure, but 
I just think that this team is definitely still hurting from their run and I don't see a point improvement for them from last year. All right. So up next we have Pittsburgh at 98.5. Uh, why at all throw it over to you. Hammer the under this team just lost to the Chicago Blackhawks. So <laughs> like what a, what a start to the season it is. eh? like they, they're just, I think they're just old. They're a really old team. Like having like, Latang, Carlson, Malkin, Crosby, like these are these are older players, and I think like I don't know if they if I can trust a whole season out of them, and one of those guys gets injured, which usually happens. I don't know how much depth they have in this team, and like I don't know if I trust Jari that often as well. He historically hasn't really been good either, uh, so I think they have a really good power play, but like they're not going to be on the power play the entire game, so. I think uh, I'll hammer the under on that one. Yeah, Devin. Um, that's tough. I I want to say that they can do it. Like I want to say that Crosby and Malkin and everyone else can kind of have the willpower to do it. But I don't know why it makes a good case. Like I think the part that swayed me the most was the Jari part. I'm not. I don't know. I don't know if I trust Jari. Um. I don't ever want to underestimate what Crosby can do, but that's a big jump from 91 to 98. And I just, I don't know if the dubious factor and, <laughs> you know, the hype of bringing Carlson is actually going to allow them in their division to, to be able to do it. So I guess I'll say under. Yeah. I'm also going to say under, I think that they are an improved team this year, but they also had like, miraculous health from Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby next year. And I don't think you can expect that to continue necessarily. Um, I think that Dubas also, along with bringing Carlson, made their bottom six better. So you can't discount that too much. But like you guys have said, most of their core is pretty old and they're a year older. The East has gotten better. Um, I see this as more like a 95, 96 point team. So I think that they're good, but I just can't go over 98.5. Um, next, we have the LA Kings at 100.5. Um, Wyatt, you want to start us off? Yeah, I think I like this team. I like they have a, as Coyman's, you've been citing the vibes a lot. They have a good vibes on this team. And I, I'm a big Todd McClellan fan, as you all know. Um, like his the silver fox, as I call him, uh, <laughs> he's 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 looking pretty good these days, and I think it, it's just like kind of going throughout the whole team and permeating in that way, where like you have like as much as I hate PLD, but he's going to add a lot to that team, and like uh, they have not Alex Lafreniere, but Alex Laferriere, which is yeah. <laughs> can't get confused with that. Uh, and Kempe is solid, Kopitar is solid, Byfield's going to be probably one of the better players this year uh, as well. And I think they, they're D like, I don't know, suspect, but who's D isn't suspect these days. And then uh, I think the big question mark is in net with Talbot and Copley, where I think Copley could do, could be the starter, but Talbot could spell him off. Uh, but I'm not sold on Talbot being an, an all-star again, because he's getting up there as well. So I think I'd, I'd think the over on that one, but slightly over. Yeah. Devin. Sorry, what was it again? 101? 100.5, yeah. So basically they have to get one. Okay. I'll, I'll take you over on that. Um, <laughs> for a lot of the reasons that 
mm-hmm. Wyatt had said, and I hope Brent Clark gets uh, some good playing time this year because I think he's a really good defenseman. I think he could bring a lot to that team that uh, maybe they're missing with the Sean Dursey loss. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just want to point out that earlier, Wyatt, I'm pretty sure you coupled LA together with a couple other teams and said they were basically like hot garbage and didn't have a lot of depth. So suddenly you're saying they're a good team. Um, but that's fair. I'm going to whatever brings your have fun with, I can't wait till we get to the Leafs. I'm so pumped for that. (laughs) 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 They're missing the playoffs this year. (laughs) All right. So, so Granger's taking the over. Um, I am going to agree with both you guys and take the over as well. I think that this is a solid team. I think that I am worried about the goaltending, but I'm more worried about that come playoff time through the regular season. They have a deep enough team that I'm not too concerned. Um, we saw Copley go like, what, like 20, like three and one for like the first start of his run in LA last year, playing just 900 hockey. So this is a good team. Um, they've gotten deeper with uh, additions like Gavrikov resigning him, uh, PLD, who we talked about. And just internal growth from my God, Alex Leferrier's on the second line. That doesn't. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, their third line's good. Trevor Moore, Philip Dano, and Victor Arvidsson. I love how they line. came up. I had to do a double check. I'm like, is that not Lafreniere? Like, did Lafreniere get traded to the Kings? <laughs> um, well, anyway, they, 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 I still think they're a good team, and they can clear 100.5. Um, <laughs> So up next, we have the New York Rangers, the same line, 100.5. Uh, Devin, I'll let you lead us off there while I feed Mal. <laughs> yes, that's the that's over on New York Rangers, and it's, yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, I think um, Shesterkin is obviously going to be able to help lead them there, and I love their top six. I like their defensive core. I think a defenseman that we can't underestimate this year, though maybe we haven't underestimated it all to begin with, but we'll take a step, is Keandre Miller. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see a lot more ice time for Keandre Miller. Uh, maybe some of those minutes will be taken away from Truba, which is a good thing. I think it's going to prop up the entire team and make them better like all around. So, yeah, no problem hitting the over on what was like 100 point five they got 107 last year i don't see them as a worse team yeah I, I agree i think i think this is like one of the deepest teams that we've seen like so far like they i think they're like three lines deep like having like wheeler on the third line is where they were the jets should have put him but uh he refused so again having like that three line like kind of top nine rotating where you can kind of put any of those players in there um is it cooley Will Coyley? Uh, yeah, Will Coyley or Coley. I don't know. How he, it might be Coyley. He'll be very good this year as well, like getting the call up. I think he'll be really good. That fourth line is solid with Benino, Goodrow. Uh, and I, you can't knock Adam Fox. Like he's going to lead that decor really, really well. So, yeah, just Durkin as the goalie as well is not a bad deal. So I think they're going to crush that over pretty hard. Yeah, I agree with you guys both again on this one. I'm hitting the over for the Rangers. I don't think they're going to destroy the over quite to the extent that you guys maybe think, but I think that they're still going to clear 100.5. I think they're like a 102, 103 point team, something like that. 
Um, it's tough to say though, like how successful Laviolette will be as the coach. I think that's one of the things that I'm hesitant about considering like he usually comes in and does well in his first year. I'll give him that. He's good at implementing a new system and having people abide by it. It's just based on all the stuff that's kind of coming out about the Capitals not liking him. I'm worried that those coaches have a shorter and shorter shelf life to the point where he might even have his team not wanting to do what he wants them to do in year one. Mm -hmm. So We'll see how that goes, but talent-wise, they should be over the, the 100.5 for sure. All right, next up we have the Boston Bruins, also at 100.5. So that's our third straight team at 100.5. Um, Devin, what do you think with these guys? Yeah, what a what a case with this, right? 135 points last year um, to regress that much, but then you have to consider losing Bergeron and Krejci. Um, Oh, that is that is really tough. But I think a lot of people have been counting out the Bruins for like so many seasons in a row. So I won't count them out in their ability to do that. So let's say over. All right. So um, is there any like particular player or group that's leading you to the over, do you think? Yeah, uh, I I just like their goaltending too, like Allmark and Swayman. I think like that tandem, they're both exceptional goalies. And I think having them split, uh, they're going to see a lot more shots this year. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I think if you manage their workloads, I think they alone can help really propel this team up. And I think you still have like dynamic forwards like uh, Pasta and to a degree still, uh, Marshan. Um, and I think DeBrusque will see more time. I think he's pretty good. But I do like their uh, their top two defensemen as well. So it's going to be tough. I mean, it's 101 points. And, like, I've been biased towards picking the teams that have a lot of center depth, and this is a clear exception to it. I just don't have – I just don't think I have the ability to just say – no to Boston at this point. They've always proved me wrong. So, yeah, fair. Wyatt, they suck. Hammer the under. They are so bad. They are a different team than last year, like a completely different team. Who is John Beecher? Do you know who John Beecher is? I think he was like a really late first round pick from a few years back. Their fourth line center is John yeah. Beecher. And then Matthew Poitras. I don't know who that is. But he's their third line center. Charlie Coyle, second line center. Pavel Zaka is your first line center. And like this, as Granger says, the best teams have the best center depth. And this, there is no center depth here in this lineup. Uh, and losing those two players really, really hurts with Krejci and um, Bergeron. And like there, I think their defense is the strongest part of their team. And I think if like Grizzlick and McAvoy and Lindholm and Carlo uh do really well then i think that that will propel them forward but like who's gonna score like no one's gonna score on that team they're gonna Pasternak. okay cool you shut down Pasternak and marshawn who else is gonna score what's the where's the secondary scoring oh yeah morgan geeky sick all right oh yeah <laughs> trent frederick gotcha cool oh yeah leafs legend jvr there we go we're not turning about the clock at all are we 
So again, net front presence JVR on the power play. And by the way, you don't shut down pasta. You can try to keep uh, because one goal. JVR is a net front presence because he can't skate anywhere. He can't move. That's what he has to stay in front of the net because he'll get lost because he's 45 years old. So again, like you need, there's not a lot of good pieces to this team. And Boston needs to suffer. So good for them. Oh, this is a tough one. Um, yeah, I think just seeing JVR's name entrenched on the first power play unit right now is <laughs> making me think under. <laughs> so so many trauma-related incidences there. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, like I think that you've made some good points, Wyatt, as much as it pains me to say, um, that if they shut down Pasternak, where, where do they get the scoring from? Because... Honestly, Brad Marchand, I don't think people really account for how much of a step back he took from his usual self last year. Mm -hmm. And if you remove his like partner in crime, Patrice Bergeron, I don't know how effective he's going to be moving forward, especially when he's keyed in on as the second offensive option on that team. Um, this team just is going to be really good defensively, but really bad offensively, I agree. And I, I still have them second in the Atlantic. But I think I'm going to just have them second at the Atlantic with like 97, 98 points. Because like I said, I could see between seventh and second in the Atlantic having between 87 and 97 points. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll try and stay true to that and say Boston under. Um, next, we've got the Golden Knights at 103.5. So, Wyatt, I'll let you lead us off. So, I think this is hard. Cause like I don't I don't think they're that good, but then they keep playing well and it annoys me. <laughs> so like I I want to hammer the under here because I want them to not do well, but <laughs> I know that they will play well and it'll make me upset. So I think they're gonna slightly finish under what that what that line is. Like it's a it's a pretty solid team overall. Uh, but like they've just only had success and it really makes me angry as an NHL fan. So I want them to like suffer at least because what is a fan base without suffering? Right. So, um, I think they might go through a lot of injuries this year, but hopefully not, but I don't know. I don't like them as a team. So, because they also swept the jets. So that wasn't fun. Uh, I don't know. I like Mark Stone and William Carlson. That's nice. But and Jonathan Marshall. Uh, so that's great as well. But besides that, I don't know. I'm not sold in this team, but they will probably do well. So that was an under or a, a yeah, or like a slight, a slight under. Like they'll still like do they'll still make the playoffs, but they I don't think they'll do that well. Okay. Devin. I will say over but like not by much at all maybe one point if not just right on it um i like their system i just think their system is a winning system and their defense is like exceptional and doesn't matter what goalie they seem to have in net they perform really well that being said i think they also just have good goaltending on um and I think their best goaltender is one that wasn't there even during the cup run. And Logan Thompson, I think he's going to take a step forward. So 
um, yeah, I'll say over a hundred and what was it? Three. They got 111 yeah. last year. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, part of me wants to say under, cause I think that they don't need to go hard and still just like coast into the playoffs. But I also know better from a Bruce Cassidy coach team based on what, like Devin was saying, never count out the Bruins because they have been coached, coached by Bruce Cassidy forever during our like knowledge of the Bruins. I think that he's a relentless coach and I think he'll have these guys ready to play every night. And so with that being said, looking at their depth, looking at their D, I have to take the over. Um, that being said, I still have them third in their division. I see the LA Kings as being slightly above them. Mm-hmm. Um, so up next, we've got Dallas at 103.5 as well. Oh, you got to start with Granger on this one. Kevin, <laughs> so. right. go ahead. I don't need to look at any numbers <laughs> to Memorize know the- that yes. this team will be first in the NHL. Whoa! So <laughs> maybe I don't know. Uh, they're going to be yeah, they'll be over that no problem. I think this is the most balanced team in the entire NHL, uh, top to bottom. I really like the way that uh, this team's put together. So, yeah, that's all I'll say on that. If you're looking for more specifics, then sure. But, I mean, just look at the roster and what they're capable of. Wyatt. Yeah, as much as this chagrins me, uh, (laughs) Granger is correct. Like, their forward depth is exceptional. Like, Jamie Benn on the third line. (laughs) Like... And like Dadanov on the third line, like that's a solid like top nine. Wyatt Johnson speaks for himself. Great name. Uh, so again, like that's a solid like forward depth. I think their only question mark is the defense because like Suter's like what, 60 years old. Uh, like he's past his prime. Hackenpah, Harley are good like stay at home defensemen. Lundquist needs to step up, I think, to score a lot more. Lindell isn't really a scorer, so you're just relying on Heiskanen to jump up in the rush, which I don't like. I think you need a lot more puck moving defensemen, and I think you need a lot more like production from the back end, which I don't think there's a lot of. Um, so more Heiskanen, yeah, just clone him four times and you're good to go. So, <laughs> but like, it's a scary first power play unit, and like, uh, same with like the second power play unit is like very good as well. So I think like the only thing that will make this team worse is like their defensive depth, but they're going to, I would hammer the over on this one. Yeah. I'll hit the over too. I think that the only thing that would give me pause is that they're in the second year with Pete DeBoer and he usually has diminishing returns, but (laughs) I think this team's good enough that it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So uh, up next we have the, the Maple Leafs are finally there. uh, 104.5. Oh, so I go think uh, I'm going to let Devin lead us off on this one. 104.5. All right, well, <laughs> we'll go. MFM, 104.5. We'll go, we'll, go, we'll go over, I guess. Oh, like, um, hasn't to go over, even though it's, you know, they had 111 last year. But to be honest with you, I don't think they've gotten defensively better. Now, <laughs> Um, you know, one of the things that I don't like a lot of the analysts that do is they seem to come in and be like, oh, this team's not as good as it was last year, but they're comparing them to last year's team in the playoffs after the trade deadline. It's like, well, look at our team last year at the start of the year relative to this year. Um, and I, I would say that we're 
better than the start of last year's team. We finally have left wing depth, but players like Bertuzzi, Domi, and Klinberg don't really scream like defense to me. So I'm really curious to see like um, how it all kind of comes together with this team. And I wonder if Sheldon Keefe, you know, gets through to some of these guys on like what we're trying to achieve here and how like, yeah, you can still play some defense and you'll get your looks and see if they actually buy into that, those new players in the system. Cause I'm excited about them, but I still have my reservations about how we're going to be playing defense from a forward group perspective. And then to be quite honest with you, like that defensive core, it's not amazing. Morgan Riley is, I like, I like Morgan Riley. I like what he does. Uh, but aside from that, really, like, you look at their top three compared to, like, Ottawa's top three. It's like, who do you who do you like better? You know what I mean? And maybe some Leaf fans will hate me for that. But there's not much beyond Morgan Riley that makes me be super excited about this team defensively. So, Yeah, Wyatt? Oh, boy. I think you got to go on the under on this one uh, because they don't even have a fourth line. They just have David Kampf and – Ryan Reeves and nobody, there's no left winger uh, on daily faceoff. It's just an plot. <laughs> <laughs> so again, maybe You're not wrong. Maybe someone should phone uh, Tree Living and be like, "Hey, you need to ice a full team." That would probably be beneficial. I'm, to just, you. I'm just guessing that that's probably a spot for Noah Gregor there, but I don't know. Oh, cool. He's invisible. It nice. Is. Sweet. All right. It cool. Is. Sweet. Good he was on him. the PTO and hasn't been signed officially. Great. Good for job. Reasons. Good job, Tri Living. Way to go. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I love Willie Nylander. That's a solid first line. I don't believe Max Domi is a second line player, but we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, their defense is a lot to be desired. And having um, uh, Samsonov take the reins this year, I don't know if I trust him for the whole season. And maybe Wall gets a lot of looks as well, but I can't see them. Like, I think that they're not as bad as people say that they are going to be, but I think they're just going to be slightly under what the projected point will be. All right. So do I, the ever-pessimistic Leafs fan, <laughs> decide to join Granger somehow on the over? <laughs> um, I think I'd very reluctantly take a slight over. Wow. There we yeah. go. Because right this decision. team, like we said, had 111 points last year. Um, I think they can make 105. I think that they're just as good as they were last year with uh, the caveat that some of their depth, like some guys like Tavares and Giordano are a year older, which isn't great. But then you got the flip side of that. You have guys like Lily Grin and even Mitch Marner is probably like hitting his prime now. Um, Austin Matthews at 26, I think like statistical prime is around 26 or so. So, and, and Matthews seemed a little off last year, to be honest. Like, I think he was dealing with something, so maybe he'll be healthier this year and just go on a tear. Um, so I think that just the overpowering offensive strengths at the top of the lineup are going to propel this team. And yeah, I'll have them at like 105, 106 points, something like that. But what are what are the vibes like, Clemens? Um <laughs> doesn't matter until we get to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. Uh, 
I think the vibes for like a lot of Leafs fans though too is probably like Matthew Nyes and Fraser Minton. Like that's exciting stuff for I think Leafs fans to finally see like some people that we drafted have made the team. Like again, I can not speaking for Fraser Minton as much, but Nyes, like we were so disappointed when Robertson like just had many injuries and then you know kind of seemed like he wasn't sticking and so it's really nice i think for us to see some young talent kind of injected in the lineup and like yeah, proving and like, to do well even like easton cowan didn't make the team but he had a good camp like these guys like minton and cowan i did not expect anything from them i thought that they were overreaches when they were picked but mm-hmm. they seem to be looking decent so it's good to see um up next, we've got so we're down to the final four. We have the Devils at one hundred five point five. So, Wyatt, lead us off here. Oh, the Devils, eh? El Diablo, <laughs> um, the David Putty team. Uh, I would totally, uh, definitely take the over on that. I think they're going to be like the the one of the better teams in the league this year, uh, basically because of Tyler Toffoli was a big one. A uh, big player that they can definitely lean on. And then uh, definitely like Schmid, I think will take a big step up and he will probably be one of the, the better goalies in this season. It's not even subtle how often you call out your guys that you have in the in the different leagues. That I'm, I'm just stating facts, man. I don't know what you are trying to... Luke Hughes is going to be an amazing uh defenseman as well i think he'll go he'll replace segan worth, worth picking be- in the top like 120 in a redraft league no no doubt no doubt everyone took defenseman immediately why did they do that <laughs> so, and then, so with that um yeah but having like that top six of like hughes brat to foley meyer Heeshier, mercer that's solid and i don't yeah. think you can really get past that uh it's, a lot of the time because they're just very big so, uh, and then having like Halla, Holtz, Palat, third line depth is pretty good as well. Uh, so I think I'll, they'll be slightly better when I think than, than the over. Yeah. Uh, Devin, what do you think? Uh, yeah, over uh, for all the reasons that Wyatt said, the only thing that I want to see the Devils do by trade deadline is to get like another top four defenseman. But other than that, yep, I think they're going to get over. Yeah, I think that they're a better team than the Leafs, so I have to hit the over. Um, I also just think that when you look at their defense, like there's also the possibility that Simon Nemich just tears it up in the AHL and becomes an addition that way by getting called up, like making it impossible for them to leave him off the team. I don't know if they want to do that, have two rookie defensemen in their top six there, but they might be good enough that they have to, and that's a great problem to have. I, th- I think um, the... I think the San Jose Sharks have two rookie defensemen in their defensive part, so it can work for them, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Henry Trun, power play two quarterback. Um, <laughs> all right, Edmonton Oilers think- are next. Sorry, were you saying something there, Devin? Oh, I, just, I was going to say St. Louis could be a good trading partner for them come deadline. Ooh, yeah, for sure. One of, the, one of those like older guys, if St. Louis retained salary on like Colton Pareko. Paul, Letty, Pareko, yep. Yeah, although Pareko's got a lot of terms still left, I think. So maybe they don't Kruger? Want to Is Kruger a target? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, all right, Edmonton Oilers, 105.5. Uh, Granger, you want to start us off? 
yeah, they're going to be over. I mean, uh, they had 109 last year. They still have Connor McDavid. They still have Dreisaitl. They have a full year of Ekholm, which is nice. Uh, and uh, I think having Bouchard on the first power play unit for the whole year and like addition by subtraction, Tyson Barron, see you later. He's over in Nashville now. Don't know what he's doing there, but um, <laughs> yeah, Edmonton, definitely over. Uh, what? Um, if they tie it, is that also over? If they tie that point thing, is that well, the... it's a point five? So you have to say over or under. Oh, whatever. Uh, all right, I'll go over slightly. Um, because I think a lot of people are not talking about the real Connor of this team, which is clearly Connor Brown. Uh, which you know, first line right winger. They finally have that right winger depth. No need for yeah, Zach. Especially on their fourth line where there is no right winger according to Daily Face. Exactly. There's no there's no right they have the <laughs> oh, what's going on here. Someone call Holland up and be like, you know, you have to ice a full team. So having Connor Brown and then Hyman and Fogel, that's a solid three right winger depth of out of four. So 75% rule works pretty well with that. And yeah, I think Brown is gonna have a resurgence this year, and he's gonna gonna score so many goals because he's gonna get set up by the other Connor and um, it's going to be great to see that. I think their only issue on this team is their defense. Like, do you trust Kulak, CC and DeHarnay? Like Broberg, I think can develop a lot, but like, I don't know if I trust those three um, for the whole year and like their defensive depth, I don't think is that great. Uh, besides like nurse and Bouchard, you can't look, let them play 30 minutes a night each night. Right. So um, I think that's the only big issue of this team. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I think they'll trade at the deadline or sooner for another defenseman, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as they've got McDavid and Dreisaitl just being otherworldly, I'll, I'll hit the <laughs> over on this. Mm-hmm. Um, up next, we've got the Colorado Avalanche at 106.5. So I'll let Wyatt lead us off here. Oh, this is a good one. Um... I think I'm going to hit the over. I think they 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 have a lot of new people on this team because they don't have numbers on daily faceoffs. So it's interesting to see how much they brought in with like Druen, Johansson, Wood, Colton, Tatar, Olafson, <laughs> and so uh, a lot of really good depth there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Granger told me a lot a lot about how great Arturi Lekkinen is. So uh, mm-hmm. again, I think he's probably one of the most underrated players on that team where he probably should be on the first line with McKinnon and Rantanen, according <laughs> to Ranger. So uh, with that, um, uh, their defensive depth is crazy, though. Like Taves, McCarr, Byram, Manson, Gerard is on the third pairing. That's nuts. That's crazy. Yes, that but who's the sixth defenseman that you regret, or that you left off? Well, we don't have to mention that guy. But yeah, we don't <laughs> We have to mention Jack Johnson, but again, like uh, that's a crazy like top like sixth uh, defenseman there. The only issue I have is like goalies with them. Like, like is um, Frank Kuz going to come back in time? Is Georgia going to carry them the whole year? I don't know. I don't really believe that. So, yeah. All right, Devin. Yeah, real quick, I guess just. I think the players that are going to help them get, first of all, over, and I think the players that will help them get there are going to be their depth pieces like Ross Colton, like Lekkanen, 
Nachushkin, Tatar. I think those four guys, like I'm kind of picking out because I think they're going to be called upon uh, in the season at times to play like bigger roles on the team. And I think they have the ability to do that. And I mean, <clears throat> enough said about their defense. It's an outstanding group. Um, so I, I got to go over for that reason. Yeah, I'm going over too. I think that this team really shored up their depth. They had an extra year to think about and realize that they wouldn't have Landeskog on the team. And so they acted and, yeah, just made their team much better top to bottom. I just think of the fact that this team was not that deep last year and still had 109 points, so I've got to take the over. And I actually think their goaltending is going to hold up okay because they picked up Ivan Prozvitov off waivers from the Arizona Coyotes, and he's a guy who I actually think could turn out to be a decent goalie. He just was behind Ingram and Vimelka in, in Arizona, so... Um, yeah, I think he's a decent stopgap option until Francis is healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, we have the Carolina Hurricanes, also at 106.5. Um, I'll let Devin lead us off on this. I think the, they'll be able to continue to perform at that level, and I think they will do that no problem. Um, I think they're, if I'm not mistaken, Shveshnikov, uh got injured prior to the playoffs, but he still missed a few regular season games. And I think that just overall, nothing's really changed in terms of their depth. And I think Rod Brindamore is just going to continue to get the best out of the players. And I like the just overall the depth that they have. And I'm kind of interested to see what Seth Jarvis can do this year. For sure. Uh, Wyatt? Uh, nail that over because of Michael Bunting, Leafs <laughs> legend, first line left winger beside the underrated Sebastian Ajo, who is now used to play defense, but now plays first line center for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, so again, Bunting also on first power play, which is just wild. So again, uh, yeah, hammer that over. They're a solid team. Uh, Anderson rants as a solid goalie pairing, uh, and they'll just get better, I think, this year. Yeah, I'm an over two. I think this team is just solid and uh, don't really have much to add beyond what you guys said. I guess they also still have, um, like, Sveshnikov isn't even in their daily face off right now. And yeah. uh, once he's there, Bunting won't be on the first power play anymore. You don't have to worry about oh, that. I don't thank think. goodness. <laughs> respectfully disagree. It's uh, <laughs> Probably slot where Fast is or Martin Nuke or something like that. So, it's- <laughs> all right. Um, I think we're pretty much done here. Maybe we can just sign off with a Stanley Cup pick if you guys are okay with that. So, uh, yeah, Wyatt, who do you have winning the cup at the end of this year? The Winnipeg Jets with the resurgence of Shifley and. Hellebuck, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be unbelievable. Bonus is going to get coach of the year. Morrissey and Pionk are going to combine for like 200 points. You get like the the Jennings equivalent of the Norris for like the best defensive tandem or something. Exactly. It's going to, Cole Perfetti is going to have a full year just to cement himself as one of the premier forwards in the NHL. It's going to be amazing. So it'll be Jets versus, I don't know, the Leafs and the Jets will beat the Leafs in seven games. 
I feel like you predicted that final many times on this. Podcast. Yeah, and it's, it's got to come true one time, right? It has to, it has to happen once. Right, uh, Devin. Uh, it's going to be the Dallas Stars winning the cup, and I think that this playoff, like the entire playoffs in general, is going to be one of the best playoffs in like recent history. That's going to be fairly memorable. But yeah, I see Dallas coming out on top. Who they beat? Um, I'm going to say Carolina. Ooh, how many games? Six. Six? Oh, that's good. All right, so I've got Carolina winning the cup. Um, I like them. They are a very deep team. Their defense is insane. And I think I'm going to say Colorado in the final against them. But I do like Dallas. Um, I just want it to be contrarian. So, <laughs> anyway. How many games? How many games? Uh, let's just say seven. Make it exciting. Ooh, Batman likes that. Yeah. All <laughs> right, guys. Thanks for this uh, exhaustingly long podcast. I'm glad you guys stuck, stuck with me for the whole thing. Get a good sleep. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you later. Woo! Yeah, thanks, Coimans. Go Jets. See you. Later.